Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I will say, in 2016, oh, I've frozen. Oh, I'm gone. No, we can hear you. We can hear you. We can hear you. Yeah, we were just bored. Hello and welcome to Legitimate Lags, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we try to work out, are they really worthy of the hype? They may be likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name is Hugh, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Will. Hi, Will. Hello, Hugh. How are you? I'm great. How are things? I haven't showered today. Okay, that's... <laughs> and I normally do. I, I think it's it's one of the first times in a very long time that it's probably my first unshowered recording. Um, and it's because <laughs> I, I... It's a weekend. This is, yeah. It's, it's half You're ten treating yourself. in the morning. And I don't think I'm going to meet anyone today. So okay. I just thought, you know what... I'm not going to bother. Do meet M-E-E-T or M-E-A-T? Either. Either. Either or both. How many showers do you take a week? Seven. Every day? You're in every, every day. day every, every morning. Oh, no, that's why it's quite unusual. Every morning oh. as soon as I get up. Why, what was different? Did you want to be unclean for our guest? I did. I, I had a plan to go to the shops at half eight and uh, my <laughs> well, shower big, would have delayed day. me to about 8.35. So I thought, <laughs> nope, I'm going to be there. So I wanted to get this, the yogurts uh, that were on a deal. And, is, uh, I mean, we've had some boring opens, but this is <laughs> this is a big this is a big <laughs> big day for the gym. I likes. Have you showered today? No, I haven't. But that's not unusual for me. I'm gross. <laughs> no. Do you ever shower when we, uh, before uh, a podcast? Uh, or do you shower yeah, straight yeah. afterwards? <laughs> yeah, <I shower. laughs> you smoke a cigarette and you shower. Yeah, immediately shower afterwards. Um, I want to ask you about your showering routine and what goes, okay. like what you do, but I, I think our guest should be there for that. That's um, a good point, yeah. So please welcome to the podcast, radio presenter, sports reporter, bingo host, supporting cast of the 2012 Lord of the Rings pantomime. You probably know him by popular nickname Hartlepool, but he also goes by the name of Emile Franchi. Welcome, Emile. Thank you very much. We'll see Bag Montefiore with more f- Twitter followers than me somehow, but look, that, that's, ah, yes. that's just the one thing we just need to get out of the way first. It's fine. I'm not. I'm over it. <laughs> in 10 years I was saying this 
before i've i have another nemesis on this but this is like oh, i have a nemesis called dave kenny who actually you look kind of similar to dave yeah kenny. yeah when when emil took off the glasses first of all again very handsome but looks very like dave kenny is this like in a, in a movie where the girl takes off the glasses she's no longer a librarian she's really hot Emil's i was going to ask emil is he a librarian yeah <laughs> and just wait till he takes his hair down I, I was hoping that the hair was going to come down as the glasses came off. I realised this is a podcast and, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the, the visual effects of that. But, you know, the listeners can imagine that I've got absolutely wonderful looks. Yeah, Tresses, yeah. yeah, and a fan behind you. Yeah, yeah, and Betty Davis eyes is playing. <laughs> the question is, though, Emil, have those locks been showered this morning? No, no, I, I thought, I, you know, we actually made oh, an arrangement. Yeah. We agreed that we were going to do this, myself and Hugh. We, we spoke, you know, off air. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had a little meet and yeah. greet. And then we said, you know, you know what, we're going to take a stand here. We're gonna, we, I want to make Will feel unclean. And, and, and you know, in, in a way, it's a small victory to, to reclaiming my honour uh, yeah. that, that, that has been severely dented by, by Will's rise to power. Uh, shower routine, Hugh. Can you please tell us your shower routine? What, what, what's, how does it start? First of all, I turn on the shower, okay? I know that sounds obvious, but it's not actually. Because when I turn on the shower, it just comes out as like a trickle. I have to turn on the tap and then turn it off again. Never bother to actually try and get it fixed because it works for me. You know, I have a solution. Get into the shower, a uh, bit of water on my face, a little bit of facial wash, wash my face, rinse my face. Face is done while my hands are still properly clean. Then we're going shower all over the whole body, shower gel, shower gel my body, rinse that off. Then shampoo, which I only do once every two days because, you know, I don't want to ruin my hair. And uh, shampoo, blah, 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 into the head, rinse off, uh, out, towel. Then So the whole shower probably takes like three minutes. Are max. you cleaning cleaning your legs? Are you actively cleaning them? Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'd probably make it as far as the knee. I'm getting older, Will. It's tougher to bend down to lower so, than that. So and the then, older you get, the dirtier you become higher up your body. <laughs> yeah, it's just creeping up my legs. There is a solution for that. And it's it's from uh, one of those like glorious TikToks of uh, people living in Korea with the ultimate lazy house where, where everything gets done for them. And he, the, whoever it was was using a, a loofah to scrub their legs. Mm. And it's made me think about investing one because I get a lot of dead skin there. I'm sorry, this this is a lot of information for the, the opening few minutes, but it's true. Like, like you know, you're like, oh, oh that's not a bad idea. Anyway. I, um, yeah, I've never used any scrubbing implement, I have to say. And a stick as well. A stick. Just a stick? No, no, no. It, it, had, it, it did have something on the end. You know, just oh, okay, right. <laughs> Emil lives in a woodland clearing and gets <laughs> yeah. up and brushes Scraped his myself. teeth with a bit of bark. and. Yeah. Um, but then crucially, Will, and I don't know if people do this, yeah. I take off my towel, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I take it off the, the towel rail. You know, yeah, I don't yeah, take yeah, it yeah. off me yet. You weren't wearing it in the shower, yeah. <laughs> no, but then the side of the towel that has the tag on it, that's, mm-hmm. that's just for, for body, Right. Whereas okay. the other side I use to wipe my face because I don't want to wipe my face with parts of the towel that have wiped other part of my body. So I yeah. always use that. Then turn it round, side of the towel that has the tag on it, top end near the tag, dry my hair with that, and then uh, then just go for the rest of it with the towel. Did that live up to your expectations? I mean, yeah. that's exhausting. <laughs> I see why I didn't do it today. How, how yeah. do you remember? I mean, I know you remember to do the tag thing each way, but surely mm. if you're if you're cleaning the same part of your body with the same side each day, then the next day you're cleaning yourself with yesterday's dirt. Yesterday's dirt oh. with with Will and Hugh. Speaking of yesterday's dirt, please welcome our producer Anya. <laughs> Hi Anya. Anya, have you had a shower today? Uh, no, I had one last night. 
So we are four unshowered podcasts. No, that's not unshowered. I'm a nighttime. I'm a nighttime shower. How much do you sweat in bed? (laughs) (laughs) What have have I entered here? Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't don't know. Uh, I think nighttime showering is very common with women because there's more hair washing. I I read something where where wearing deodorant or antiperspirant before you go to bed is is the most beneficial way to do it because of the fact that you sweat more in bed. Therefore, it it stops you from having a smell in the morning. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you do your full deodorant whatever (laughs) after the shower Mm. into bed. I'm not a I'm not a religious nighttime shower, but I would say half my showers a week are are. Even... So you're not you're not kneeling in the shower, <laughs> you're not doing it five times a day. I, I don't like the road we've gone down. I often here. get ready for a full night out and then just go to bed like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> fully yeah. made up. We asked Emil to come on for a totally different subject, but I do want to know what your shower routine is, Emil. As yeah. an, as and when. <laughs> If I, if I need to, I will. I'm very much in in the Hugh camp, though. In that, I'm not I'm not a night showerer because I I don't know. I, I think I probably have that inner fear of of smelling. And and also, I quite like a cold shower now and then. I, I got I got used to doing like a cold shower every so often because it is it's it's quite nice to wake up. I probably have one after this. I feel like I'm going to need a cold shower just yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. to bring me down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> You did raise a good question about washing your legs. Who here washes their legs thoroughly? I've started doing it more. I've started I, doing it. Yeah, me too. I felt shamed by it on TikTok because it was <laughs> a big thing. ruining our lives, uh, is Because I used to think, like, if you were kind of getting, yeah, the top of your legs, mm. that then it, the shower gel was just, I mean, how dirty are your calves? You know yeah. what I mean? Is this another but explanation now, for trickle-down economics that we're having here? <laughs> <laughs> so now I give the calves a full a full scrubbing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. audience a farmer. We should have explained that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you don't wash your legs. Absolutely do you? unacceptable. I do wash my legs. I've okay. always washed them pre TikTok. Have you? I don't know. I bet you use a crystal for a deodorant, do you? <laughs> yeah, she's a lovely girl. <laughs> I use this crystal. She's really hit the big time. Just spraying crystal all over himself, like Rubens Barrichello. Oh, I didn't understand any of that, but I liked it. That sounded like a Queen lyric. <laughs> what Rubens Barrichello? Yeah, <laughs> it does. Oh my god, you've ruined it for me now. I'm going to say that every time. Barrichello, 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 Barrichello So we've brought Emil here today to discuss Queen. Uh, now I did have to clarify with the guys that we do, we mean Queen the band, not Queen the woman. Dead now, of course. <laughs> Sorry, Emil. I have no idea if Emil was so eager to talk about Queen because he's a massive fan or because he hates them. Mm, uh, but I guess today we're going to figure out if, the, if they're a legitimate like. Um, so will we start with a quiz? Yeah. See where we're at, knowledge-wise? Okay. Also, there's there's Freddie Mercury's Barcelona. You could do a Barricola. Mm. <laughs> I, I didn't listen to a thing you were saying. I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, no, I can tell your mind. I heard the word quiz and then I, cl- I clicked back into the room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what was the name of the band that eventually became Queen? Was it Smirk, Smile, or Simper? Okay, I mean, Emil probably knows this, but Smirk, Smile, or Simper, was it? I mean, they're, none of them's a good name, but Smirk is a better name for a band, Will. What do you think? I think I actually know it because I looked, I looked at the Wikipedia. I actually did some prep for this because we had a real guest on. Not like and Emil, do you know this as an expert? Uh, yeah, this is, this is pretty well known. 
it's pretty well known. It's it's the quarry men of Queen. Um, I'm I'm gonna then take the lead here, and I'm gonna guess Smirk. Am I wrong? You think that there was a band called Smirk? Rather than Simper. What's the answer, Emil? The answer is Smile. Before oh. Freddie Mercury even joined the group. So that was more or less Brian Brian May's band, Emil, right? Yeah, there was, uh, John Deacon didn't join for a, a bit a bit after as well, so there was all all change. That 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 was pretty well documented. I think that was in the film. Okay, so the famous I Want to Break Free music video uh, was pretty controversial, especially in the US. But do you know what TV show the, the video was based on? Mm. Sorry, did you say based on or replaced? Oh, right, yeah. sorry. Based on, sorry. <laughs> yeah, they replaced a TV show with that music video. They Cheers actually that. ended and they just replayed it <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah. Um... I think I know this. What year was, was I Want to Break Free, uh, Emil? Early 80s. 83. 84. I mean, re- really, Americans having a problem with a man wearing women's clothes could be any year in America, to be fair. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> could be 2022. It could be last month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's... I I feel like... I feel like we should all know this. Is, is the, I Want to Break Free the one with the... It's, like, animated and... I've just no, told. No, no, I've just told you it's what it Freddy is. Freddie with the Hoover. <laughs> Freddie with the it's, Hoover. It's oh. all all four members in drag, oh. and yeah. Which is the one where there's a cartoon? Am I just thinking of a cartoon? Oh, it's The Simpsons. I'm thinking of The Simpsons. Um, Emil, do you know? Do you know this? Yeah, it's if you if you watch it, you'll see a row of terraced houses as Brian May exits his bed, turns off his coffee clock alarm clock, and that would be Coronation Street. Ah. Exactly, yeah. And uh, exactly, and the reason it was controversial in the US was the drag, whereas there was for some reason a much more of an acceptance of drag as a comedic device in the in the UK, so there was no mm. real issue with it there. But yeah, all four guys were in um in drag and they were um lampooning. Roger um, Taylor's a very confusing lady. All all I'll say. Just yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my brought up some feelings. Well, brought up things. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, can I ask is there a like obviously like Coronation Street I've never seen it but I do know it's Manchester you've never seen never seen a single second no is there for me like Emil I believe you're from Newcastle and like for me if I hear Newcastle on TV I think Biker Grove (laughs) is there is there like the Newcastle TV show or Jodie Shaw why I oh god no (laughs) here she is oh god no (laughs) Uh, we probably have um, Alveda Zim Pet is that Newcastle? Yeah, well, that, that that was a team of, like, Geordies who, like, fired off. I'm not actually from Newcastle, just for the record. I'm from County Durham, close enough. But, um, <laughs> yeah, basically, I, I would say that, yeah, Alvida's impact. Oh, there's, there's the brilliant Our Friends in the North, which is a, a little bit more left field, which I believe is currently on the iPlayer because it's having its anniversary. Anya, mm-hmm. could, you, could you give us the third question uh, in your best Newcastle accent? No, I'm too embarrassed now because there's a real, a real. I, I get, I'm not a Geordie. It's fine. You, you, you're okay. okay. I, I won't tell my people. Uh, I can, but you know I can't do God, just, it. You just know just I start can't. way A and go on. Research is at Goldsmiths University. It's not bad, it's not bad actually. <laughs> you sound more like the uh, the Big Brother man. Yeah, that's I think what I'm basing it on. Question three in the Queen Quiz. <laughs> the housemates are doing their quiz. So I, I, I'm a, I think this is kind of dubious science behind this, but researchers at Goldsmith University uh, looked into mathematical and physical properties of songs, trying to determine what was the catchiest song of all time. And uh, the, 
the, the runners-up were uh, the YMCA mm-hmm. and the Final Countdown. Europe's the Final Countdown. But which Queen song did they say was the catchiest song of all time on all, based on various empirical data? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a stupid, stupid survey. Um, I feel yeah. like it's We Will Rock You is probably, that'd be one that I would think would be up there. Um, but then there's a lot of catch. I mean, We Are the Champions is catchy. Like, what do, what do you guys think? I, I'm going to go. I'm, I think We Will Rock You. It's, it's, or Don't Stop Me Now. It, it'll be mm. We Will Rock You. We Will Rock You. Is, as soon as you said catchy, I was like, well, is, is it going to be Bohemian Rhapsody? But when, when you said YMCA, I guess yeah. that you've got two songs there that are built on participation. So, mm. you know, although the Macarena should be in there technically, even though it's not that catchy. Will, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I, my instinct was, um, was Don't Stop Me Now. But I also think Killer Queen is unbelievably catchy. I think all of Queen's songs are pretty catchy. So, well, Hugh actually said it. It's We Are the Champions. Oh wow! Uh, and they distilled this research distilled down that uh, there's four key elements for kind of sing along songs, which are I long love and detailed. How they just used the word distill to make it sound more scientific. I know. <laughs> uh, well, I use that. Oh, did you? oh uh, well long, done. <laughs> long and detailed musical phrases, multiple pitch changes in a song's hook, male vocalists, vocalists. And higher male voices making a noticeable vocal effort. And apparently, mm. we are the champions. Um, That's why I'll never have a catchy song. Yeah. Old Monato Hugh. We discussed make, manufacturing a hit on the Oasis and Blur episode. And uh, I'm going somewhere with this. My husband had some dental surgery during the week. And when he was being sedated, they said to him, do you want to listen to some music? And for some reason, he said, oh, Blur. And they put on Blur, but the first song that came on was song two. Oh no, wow. <laughs> Which I don't think is what you're meant to slowly slip, slip did, off Did into, they definitely uh, say Blur, do. by the way, or was that just like the sedation going, Blur? <laughs> 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 just being sick. <laughs> oh yes, sir, yeah. A fine choice indeed. Huh? <laughs> do, you, do you like the Great Escape album? <laughs> <laughs> what would you guys pick to be sedated to? Um... I want to be sedated by the Ramones. Just because, just you know, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, I see, and then fall asleep. No, it's not that they don't actually sedate you, Emil. You listen to the music while <laughs> oh, you're being sedated. The doctors uh, no, no, sedate I, you. I want them to come in live. They inject you and then go, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's that, what's that uh, Massive Attack song? Teardrop. It's the one Massive Attack song I know. Yeah, Teardrop, I think is the one you're thinking of. Okay. The one that they always play on Reeling in the Ears whenever something bad happens at the North. <laughs> yeah, which is always a good, always a good sign. Sorry, Emil, Reeling in the Ears is an Irish TV show, which is kind of a retrospective of news stories from, from I, years I, I recognise it, I recognise it. I, is, yeah, is it, is it yeah. like Savage Eye or something like that, is it? No, no. it's just... It's just a serious look at like 1988, and they'll play. It's. Clips I mean, of the various and I, I mean this utterly sincerely. It's one of the greatest TV shows. It's probably the best Irish TV show I think ever made. It's so good. It's brilliant. And there's no, there's no commentary. I think it's just, it's just clips. It's, it's just music, music, music from the year on top of subtitled news stories. Um, but I think Teardrop has the dubious honor of playing over the Oma bombing. I think. Well, I think it yeah. goes silent when there's the Oma bombing, and then maybe it comes on afterwards. Yeah. Chills, yeah, and then then before you know it, you're back to Ronan Keating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Singing something terrible. You say it best. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. Sean Connery uh, appears to be singing a Ronan that, Keating that song. Was, by the way, that was more a literal representation of that song by saying "You say it best," and then you didn't say anything yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then stopping. <laughs> yeah. Hello, there, listeners. 
Please come to our live show with our guest Lottie Bedlow. It's in London on the 9th of October in the Bedford pub in Balham. That's where it is. Tickets. Get through our link tree. That's our link tree. Through our Instagram or Twitter at legitimate likes. Sunday, 9th of October, 2 p.m., the Bedford Pub in Ballam. Come and see us live with special guest Lottie Bedlow. Okay, back to the show. So what we usually like to do, Emil, is we set out our opening our opening statements on Queen. So maybe Will or Hugh, you can go first, and then we'll put Emil in the middle. Yeah, I yeah, I think they've got some great songs. I remember certainly years ago listening to Queen, and I would have said they've got some great songs, and they've got some absolute garbage. Um, and that's probably true of lots of bands. I'm not. I didn't necessarily find the terrible songs today. There are a couple of bad ones in there, but again, what band doesn't? Um, Freddie Mercury, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel we're going to talk a lot about Freddie Mercury, and uh, with good reason because. He's he's an absolute phenomenon, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anymore because I don't really have much to say. I'm I'm here to learn to some extent. Will four words I think are gonna annoy you better than the Beatles. Wow, wow, I love him. I mean, they won't annoy me because I because I I don't even see it as as that close. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, they're they're a colossal band, and the fact that they you know clearly had influences of the Beatles put into some of their great songs is, is good for them because you spoke you said that sentence like you had never spoken <laughs> who doesn't before. uh no i mean a queen yeah i'm i'm always going to be a beatles guy but queen definitely built on a load of different stuff and i think what's interesting is they do yeah they've, they've so many different like they took some of the the beatles rock stuff but then they're also in other genres too anyway i don't yeah i don't know Emil, what's your uh, so set out your stall there? What's your what's your opening take on, on Queen? Find me another band that spanned the decades as well as Queen did, who managed to reinvent themselves that many times and still wow the world on the biggest stage of them all. Okay. Oh, gauntlet lane. End of the podcast. That's done. <laughs> yeah, let's let's leave it there. So and then, then the beat from We Will Rock You kicks in. The screen goes to black, and then then it just it's just me left. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you in the Queen formation four times. Emil, so you're obviously a massive fan. Like, when did you get into them? So I was about, um, it must have been, whenever they released their Platinum Collection on CD. I had no prior knowledge of Queen. I, I was. I had no prior convictions. <laughs> no carnal knowledge, sir. Um, no, it was, yeah, I think it was probably about the year 2000, seven-year-old, I got it bought for me. And um, my mom and me, we, we had legendary car journeys every Friday up to my granddad's house where, you know, we would have a, a real eclectic mix of music that I thought was good at the time. So, you know, a few singles in there. Elton John, Are You Ready For Love's re-release. Um, and, and then there, there was other stuff as well. And Queen was was one of the ones that, that my mum just gave me. Uh, we put it on, and the mad thing is, when I when I first heard it, I thought Bohemian Rhapsody was a pile of absolute garbage. <laughs> I skipped past it every time. That has since changed when I realised that it goes down quite well at karaoke routines and uh, theatre <laughs> theatre society uh, showcases. Because they love that stuff, don't they? Will um, oh yeah, yeah those, <laughs> those weird drama kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, he can he can sing and he can perform. Oh, okay, listening to listening to the platinum collection for me was like 
it's not just the the songs that I was connecting with. It brings back a good memory of, of those car journeys um, on a Friday. Um, you know, discovering Don't Stop Me Now, that, that song's had greater significance as, as time's gone on because I've used it as sort of like an anthem to keep me going wherever I go. Um, and yeah, now I would say that I'm I'm almost becoming a, a deeper diver on, on Queen by, you know, going back through some of the, the albums that I'd, I'd not heard because, you know, The Greatest Hits is pretty much a, a Queen 101. You just look at the, the fact that Greatest Hits 1 has got such a, a long-running record as being like not just like the best-seller but the best-selling album of all time for, for a long period. I think it was it was bigger than Michael Jackson, which is which is huge. And, um, yeah, Greatest Hits 1 and 2 in particular, I would challenge anyone to go through and tell me that they don't know any of those songs. You'd know at least 10, basically. And um, yeah, like I say, now I'm I'm able to go back and actually listen to the other albums that that you know arguably should still have a place on the greatest hits. And um, I, I I do that by listening to a brilliant podcast um, called the Queen Podcast, which features um, John Robbins is on that one. It's it's a very very good. He's he's a bigger Queen fan than than I will ever dream to be. And and the guys on there they are experts. I am very very much in their shadow with this, but um, I just I like what what they were and I like you know we'll get on to Freddie Mercury but his presence is something that has become a bit of a thing for me as you know performing or presenting you know that's the the command he had is special and you know if anyone can ever replicate that fair play but I don't think they will um and yeah yeah he died just before I was born my mum's got this weird I mean she really needs to go to a home if this is what she thinks but uh Freddie (laughs) Freddie died and and I was I was born oh wow it's great it's funny a lot of the time when we've uh people who are big fans of things on it does go back to car journeys with their parents Mm. You know that a lot of that stuff seems to really imprint on your and I think on your brain. I think what's interesting though, Emil, and it's the same with me and the Beatles because we had the Beatles in the car, and then like yeah, Billy Joel and Elton John. Yeah, but like car. the Beatles, it was a, it was, it was a Beatles. <laughs> oh, I see. The Beatles did a very little-known uh, rooftop gig, and it was on the car, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and they were never seen again. <laughs> but it's funny because the I know I remember all the Beatles songs that were in the car, but yeah, they ultimately probably aren't necessarily my favourite Beatles songs, you know, because then that allows you, that gives you the power to kind of go back and dig into stuff that that maybe you wouldn't have got to before, so. Do do you guys think that there's a lot of crossover between people who love, um, say, uh, Queen and Wham and uh, Elton John, that they're kind of a, a, a prince, like just this group of incredibly charismatic performers, and then there's people who veer towards maybe more cerebral, low key stuff? Yeah, and I think I Elton John even is slightly different. I think like <laughs> so I think one of the things about like Prince or like Freddie Mercury in particular and or even like Jim Morrison or someone and I don't really know much about the doors, but like just like unbelievable sex appeal as well. You know, like just like Freddie Mercury You say Elton John has sex appeal. No, I didn't. I said less so Elton John. I took him oh, out so of the order. That's why I took him out. I replaced Elton John with Jim Morrison. His finger work um, is sexy on that piano, let, let, me, let me tell you. Yeah. Oh listen, the man can play a piano like no one else. But like I was thinking about this today. I was like, Freddie Mercury has to be one of the sexiest humans of all time, right? Like yeah. that—that's not in dispute, is it? He's—he's he's just, uh, like, I don't know. I find it very difficult to explain beyond that. <laughs> he is. He is. Yeah. But in a way that Elvis was. But Elvis was 
again, sexy in a different way, you know? But there's a flamboyance. And I think, say, someone like Harry Styles is kind of having a go at it now. Yeah, yeah. Like this, it's like a very unique style of performing. Like that, I mean, the beat, like I, as you know, I'm a massive Beatles fan as well, but they don't really have No, that. no, no, I would, I would agree yeah. completely. They're a very different type of charisma. Yeah, they're a much more sort of boyish charm type of charisma. And know? I love, uh, I love Fleetwood Mac, but that's, that's, like that's a much darker, witchier vibe. Mm. Whereas this is just like out and out, Good times. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, very glamorous. As camp as Christmas, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's even kind of beyond that. It's just sort of, yeah, there's something, I think there's something really hard to put your finger on about people like George Michael and Freddie Mercury. Like just this, like, inc- like magnetism mm. that you don't really get with, with other people. I guess that, you like, he's so unique looking. That he's so striking and charismatic and he is beautiful. Oh, no. And it's just, but it's it's the watchability as well, you yeah. know. Like it's it's like an act. It's like I always think that about Benedict Cumberbatch. Like when you see Benedict Cumberbatch, you just want to, you just can't take your eyes off him. It's the same with Freddie Mercury. And yeah, even comparing to the Beatles on you, because like I think Paul McCartney is a very good-looking man, you know. And like lots of people would say, and I think particularly after that documentary, everyone was like, "Oh my God, the Beatles are so hot." But like, yeah, he doesn't have that sort of just raw sex appeal that Freddie Mercury has yeah know? and it's kind of like we've talked a lot about Oasis as well like mm. they are like, definitely part of their shtick is kind of be, not being unattractive but kind of being low key and being like any guy in a pub yeah 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 you know like it's, that's, you, I, I don't think anyone would say I can't take my eyes off Noel Gallagher it's the know? it's the but swagger of all of those people that we've mentioned you know Elvis mm. I mean even the Beatles you know you can't deny that the Beatles with Beatlemania it, it's yeah. like that Denied. was it uh, yeah it's just like a, a <laughs> Sorry. I deny it. Yes, that is. I not, deny it. It didn't happen. I wasn't. There. But I think. I think. <laughs> I think the Beatles during Beatlemania had far more of a clean cut appeal, you know. Whereas is it like, not just like sexual awakenings did. though across the board, basically? Yeah. I don't know. I think this is. Some, I think. I think some of Freddie Mercury. It's something totally different. It's like a kind of outside conventional attractiveness and a kind of a kind of gender bending tapping into something like if the Beatles are your first sexual awakening this is like and because the other the other guy I'd mentioned is Bowie mm. you know like yeah, David yeah. Bowie you know and obviously again talking about gender bending and and yeah and like just playing with people's expectations and belief I guess you know and, and yeah that there's another way yeah. of doing things yeah. and like living outside yeah. convention and like one thing that I find is so interesting is like how much a lot of these people how brave a lot of these people were with uh living very unconventional lives at the time and obviously it was and obviously with AIDS kind of looming in the background how much stigma there was around living a life that was different and I think there's something just really cool about that when you look back at it you know I think their performance one of their I don't know if it was Live Aid or if it was a a performance at Wembley I think that was the first time I'd ever watched a uh, like watched a recorded live performance and just bawled my eyes out because it's like all of those deaths from HIV and AIDS were avoidable and like uh, there there could have been more research people could have been saved but the stigma around it is just like and it feels like this rebellious band that are doing this incredible thing and it just is such a tragedy that he's not here like mm-hmm. it's so messed up that i think that yeah. oh it makes me so angry and sad <laughs> i know yeah the epidemic was ignored by uh, i mean i'm sure everybody knows this but it was ignored by people because it was looked as a gay disease like it's so horrendous mm. And it wasn't like they didn't have the research. They had the research. They were doing it. They were seeing that it wasn't, a, quote unquote, a gay disease. It was affecting predominantly straight populations as well. And it was just ignored. 
but I wonder as well was there an element that like somebody like Freddie Mercury like that it would have vindicated obviously very prejudiced people that oh well if you you know you've lived this life outside social norms and now you've received your come up and yeah this absolutely is what that's, yeah. I was, it was, I was, but that's what I mean some people sold it as a judgment on the gay community you know I remember hearing Dan Savage talking about this who we've mentioned before who has a great podcast he must be nearly 60 now but I remember when he on his 50th birthday he recorded a podcast and he just talked about how he genuinely assumed he would never get to 50 like it was just the assumption was in the 80s that you'd die you know because lots and most of his friends died and former partners and all this and he was like it wasn't a thing like it almost wasn't even a fear. It was just a given, you know? It's, it's, there's a really good documentary called Freddie Mercury, The Final Act, which, which I thought was going to be, you know, just like the rest where they, they really love Freddie and everything. But it, it's really interesting because they basically frame it around um, AIDS and, and how in the final years that was going on how attitudes were towards it and then having the um the tribute concert with you know the the aids red ribbon on and and things like that and you know i mean the the heartbreaking thing that about two years later um they found the treatment that that could have possibly saved freddie but then again again a good point is that you know if if freddie hadn't died would it have been as brought i know i know you're saying that people would look at it and be like judgment but it would have brought it to the fore you know more people would have gone oh Mm. god like you know these superstars they're invincible aren't they no 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 they're not they're, they're just like the rest of us so there is a, a, a light i guess a, a sort of light side now which is uh, obviously still in the background of a load of tragedy but the hiv is a very livable disease now there are mm. treatments where you just take two, two pills a day and it's a perfectly livable thing you live a, a normal life and you're undetectable which means you're essentially a non-transmittable which again is not to like, get too political about it but the problem is those pills are far too expensive for poor countries which is still uh, the main problem oh you know? back to the we, we sorry got, <laughs> sorry know, no it's but no you're right you're it's right important. it is a good point it is a good point but it's just it's just with covid like you've seen what the world can do when uh you've your shoulders to the wheel on something and if there had been political will i mean see, i think yeah that exposes both the good side and the bad side of it though you know yeah. when the will is there it can be done you know but when it's not there yeah, yeah. Um, so on a, on a jollier note, I was going to uh, fix the mood any... there just by going, "Who wants to live forever?" <laughs> <laughs> that is a great Queen song, but on great and bad Queen oh. songs, are there any Queen songs that you think are terrible? There's many. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the the Hot Space album is a very weird time for Queen fans. Some some people will say, "Oh, well, I quite like it," but there's a lot of songs on there where they tried their disco era and it didn't really work. Um, the al- the album's somewhat saved by the inclusion of Under Pressure on there. Um, songs that I don't like. You know what? And and this is probably controversial. I think We Will Rock You is probably my least favorite. Now I get that it's a you know a, a great one to command an audience, but I just find it really. Like when I when I did again another one on the the platinum collection when I got to it I was like I've just heard like some brilliant melodies and everything like that and now now this to end I get that it's the attitude but it's just one of the ones where I'm like yeah I'm not I'm not fussed about this one. Mm. Anya, do you have any favorite or least favorite? I I I don't know them that well but I during my nightly shower last night. I um, listened to them and I was amazed by how as the playlist rolled on, I was like, I know, like, there's so many, even if you're a very casual listener, there's so many more songs that, and songs that I didn't realise were Queen. 
Like, I forgot that Crazy Little Thing Called Love was a, was a great song. But it's funny, because the first time I ever heard Crazy Little Thing Called Love, which would be up there for me, I thought it was Elvis. Because I was like, it just sounds like an Elvis song, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he even sings it like Elvis, you know? I, I genuinely... Well, not exactly, but I... <laughs> then they talk about Freddie in the song, and I'm like, what? Strangely but, as well, uh, though, that, that song had more appeal in America as a result, so... It's it's weird. Queen and America have a really strange relationship, mainly because of "I Want to Break Free," meaning that Freddie mm. was kind of like, "Well, we're not going to play there again," um, if that's how they feel. And yeah, they've struggled with it. You know, another one bites the dust is very big. But when you get the the songs that have that quite you know western, more western than than already th- than they are, uh, influence mm. with the 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 funk beat of another one bites the dust, the rock and roll nature of Crazy Little Thing Called Love, all of those songs. Um, they appeal more to an American audience. Uh, I want to break free. I know in South Africa and South America, that became kind of a political anthem, even though they were disgusted by the cross-dressing. Mm. And the, the meaning of the song wasn't politically breaking free. It was about personally. Mm. That's the only awkward bit breaking. for Queen fans, I think, is the fact that Queen played during apartheid as well oh, in South Africa. So. And there's, quite, there's quite a notable video of... Um, one of Hall or Oates um, calling out Queen and a few of the bands who played that that concert in in mm. that time. Um, I think that Queen might have been the only ones to play in in Russia as well. I'm sure there was something about it. Oh, um, we found our first cons. Yeah, well, there's there's a few, but you know. but I know for Freddie Mercury's 41st birthday, he had it on in Pike's Hotel in Ibiza. And, oh, I know what's uh, coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had uh, little people serving cocaine on on platters, and uh, there was like some like three hundred fifty bottles of champagne opened in the first hour. Why? Uh, where? Secondly. Where? Where do you get stuff like that? I mean, come on, who? Where I do you know. find? I don't know. Where can on I? you, on you'll do you up an order for. Where can I? I? This hotel. <laughs> this hotel allegedly used to serve cocaine on the on the cornflakes. And when the owner, Tony Pike, was asked about this, he said, of course it wasn't. What a waste. <laughs> so, so, and he was, uh, I actually I booked to stay there uh, the summer, but I had to cancel because I had COVID. So I'll be going next summer and I'll report back. But well, I don't uh, want to be snorting cocaine with, with COVID. We'll, it'll all get stuck. <laughs> Can't wait to do the uh, podcast but, from Pike's in Ibiza. And, and you're just yeah. like, hello, everybody. I'm having a great time. <laughs> just have my cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll report back. So I have a question, Emil. So you play music on the radio. Yes. How often do you get to play Queen? Uh, oh, a, a bit more often now that I work for Absolute Radio, but I, I can't say that they've been a mainstay in my, mm. my career, apart from when I was on hospital or student radio, I guess. But yeah. So, you know, if you're on radio, like, do you have stuff that you have to play or? Oh, yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no free choice, unfortunately. <gasps> <gasps> I, 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 it amazes me that people don't know this. I mean, I... I just thought it was you with a bag of cassettes. Oh, just, yeah, yeah. Here know. I am, looking <laughs> up each week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so disappointing. Oh, um, I get paid to talk, which is probably a, a greater, uh, you know... <laughs> that was a perfect example of you talking well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stumbling into a pause. Oh, so you must know a lot about new music. We've discussed this a lot. Why are, are all new artists? Why do none of their names make any sense? And they all just have nothing but dollar signs. Because you're old now. That's why. Yeah. That's the only explanation. When you said there's dollar signs, I know exactly who you mean, which is the bad thing. <laughs> it's like a... who, who, who is it? Who do I, I think mean? his name is Baby No Money. But <laughs> it's B-B-N-O dollar sign. Of co- which, of course, uh... you know, when I first saw that, I was like, who's Baby Nos? <laughs> <laughs> do you know who I've got really into is Young Gravy. Wow. 
Yeah, that makes me feel so young just to say that. It's when you use the you use the minuscule hens and you cook them into a lovely gravy. For <laughs> <laughs> your young gravy are the baby carrots and new potatoes. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay would love that. Today we're making young gravy. Oh, what would he say, Onya? How would he say it? Onya's our resident impressionist. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. You are well. You, you do a lot of impressions. I, ca- I, ca- I can't do Gordon Ramsay. Well, I can't do it full stop. But I can't. You do, do when Gordon not... Ramsay all the time. Oh, but I can't do him when he's not angry. Do Gordon Ramsay. Make him angry. <laughs> this young gravy is shit. <laughs> and again, Onya, I'll ask you the question that I always ask you when you do your Gordon Ramsay impression: Is the young gravy cooked properly? It's raw. <laughs> Brilliant. <gasps> I'm obsessed with uh, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmare reactions. Oh, me too! Like, I watch them back on the regular. And there's one in particular where I will quote it to my mate. And it, it got really bad because I went round his house and um, I was, we were having like dinner with his, with his girlfriend. And, and I just kept going to him. I was like, damn, damn, it's really dry. And I was like, the, the food was perfectly <laughs> perfect. The food was perfectly fine. It was like, ah, it's like... It's not good. Can you take that back, please? And I'm like, I'm worried that his girlfriend probably thinks, oh, God, I, like, I'm being really rude about the food. But I'm like, no, I'm strictly doing Gordon Ramsay from an episode of Kitchen Nightmares that we really enjoy. Emil, I love the bit, you know, where he's he's tasting the food and he's being really nice to the waitress and he always calls them darling. Yes. Take that yeah. back, darling. Wow, your hair's yeah, can't amazing. Do. Wow. Oh, oh wow. Oh, that's dry. Yeah. Mm. 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 Yeah. Mm. Is this frozen? Is this fresh? Uh, and Emil, my favourite episode is have you seen the one where he is with the man who thinks he's a gangster and his young wife and they have the cats oh god is that the one where it got really really bad and they re- like they kicked back yeah there? I think he left yeah yeah yeah, there was yeah. Like a t- yeah I, I've, I've seen bits of it I, I like there's two episodes I really like and one of them is where it's the um, the woman brings out a complimentary chicken wing <laughs> <laughs> for him before we we are so off topic by the way and and then there's yeah. another there's another one where um, where a guy is convinced he's got the best pizza but the pizza when he pulls out it's like just oil it's just oil everywhere oh I've seen that one yeah yeah uh, the other one we quote all the time in my house because my husband's name is Mark is there's a Boston restaurant where they're like Mark Mark is one of the waiters and we just constantly shout that Brilliant. Mark uh, it's just it's the perfect show for some reason we always watch it on holidays wow. we just like chromecast it on YouTube wow dry very dry here I am in Pikes uh, Ibiza watching Gordon Ramsay's <laughs> Kitchen Nightmares I think I, just, I think we should do an episode on Gordon Ramsay I would love to come back for that one please fantastic oh yes because I think he's a leathery sack of toxic shit but that's different <laughs> I, I, I love him brilliant and I would love to be sorry I was fantasising about this the other day um, you know yeah. when David Beckham was seen uh, queuing for the Queen's lying in state and I was like imagine you got stuck behind, beside him in the queue my mission would be to befriend him because he's friends with the Ramses. because I would love to be in that social circle I love that becoming friends with David Beckham isn't the goal there <laughs> you're like what can I how can I use David Beckham to get to a chef even Anya saying imagine if you were stuck behind, beside David Beckham in the queue you what could. a terrible thing but at least he's mates with Gordon Ramsay <laughs> Uh, hi there. What do you uh, what do you do on a day to day basis? Uh... <laughs> but I'd love to be part of that social circle. Yeah, I'd say it's I'd say it's so awful that it's great. And they're the only celebrities the Beckhams know, by the way. I, I just should really yeah, add yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> they're the only way in. I, and I, I just I, Dave Beckham. Have you seen him recently that he made his own honey during lockdown? It's just, it's, it, I, I, he just makes no sense. You like David Beckham for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why do you think Ramsey's a toxic sack of shit? Well, have you seen the show? He just shouts at people. Yeah. He's like the epitome of like. I think it emphasizes a, a culture in kitchens that used to exist and shouldn't. I think he's a bad person, and I, I, his TikToks are so annoying. And then he'll do and stuff where he's he like, calls all the waitresses darling. There you go. I think he's in the category though of like Simon Kell, Paul Hollywood, and Gordon Ramsay of just toxic men. Jeremy Clarkson. Men, men I'd like to please. But that doesn't oh. sound great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the tagline. <laughs> I, 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 I think it. I think it's just they just tap into my need to my need to my need, my people pleasing no. instincts. No, you don't need to say anything more. You're, oh my god, dig upwards <laughs> on you, dig upwards. And would most of these men be be the uh, age like a father age or like what sort of? <laughs> do we want to go further into this? Yeah, yeah. That's what they said to me, and I said. Don't say <laughs> let me let me reset the mood. It's a kind of magic. <laughs> it's a kind of magic. I have a question about the the other members of Queen, mm. and ha- we've talked a lot about Freddie. But what about Brian May and Mr. Deacon? And uh, that's as far as I've got. Taylor, Roger Taylor. Yeah, Brian May is an interesting character, isn't he? He has the old PhD in astrophysics. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's He's it. They all went to. Yeah. What was it? Uh, the, the Queen's University in in London is where they met. Is it Queen's? I know Most, well, that would make sense. Yeah, I think it, it wasn't Smile University. Ha. Um, <laughs> yeah. Smile's Dental Clinic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're all fairly clever blokes, and that that that's kind of what helps it. And and I, you know contrastingly you've got that piece behind Freddie Mercury which I think you need in a band and uh, that's what they always come across as very calm collected and people who say they meet Brian May they just say how very nonplussed he is by a lot of stuff I think he's deeply emotional about a lot of stuff and you see that but I think to to remain so solid throughout the the, the tenure is is amazing um, but yeah I mean he's, he's like he's a genius he, he's got so much going for him I guess you would have to be to make some of that music because it's so complex yeah. well if you listen to his guitar he makes his guitar sound like other instruments and i think that yeah. that is one of the biggest things going and he built that guitar himself as well yeah he built it with his dad didn't he yeah the, the red special and a mantelpiece mm. yeah it's unreal and i think they're such a they're such an example of like they really have a very visible front man who's unbelievable but the st- it, it's like when you go and see a show and it's like uh, you 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 forget about the other elements that are actually just as much, if not more, important. Mm. Yeah, like the producer of the show. No, not like that. It's sort of like people who are really talented involved uh, doing and really good work. And have some input, some creative input into yeah, yeah, the product. Brian you know? May is a man I'd like to please. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come here. Do you think that... No, I've forgotten my train of thought. I had some amazing points. Just started imagining... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, well, Fox I is offering you handshakes and you got distracted. Uh, fr- uh, Frontmen of bands, right? Can you name any other member of Coldplay other than Chris Martin? Will Champion. I mean, I, I have no idea if that's right. Because he was the one who was in Game of Thrones. Mm. But I often think about this. So it's a real, uh, it's a real good name for a for a Northern English person to say as well, isn't it? Will Champion. 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 <laughs> but. It, I just wonder, is it weird to be in a massively successful band, but to have Chris Martin lapping up all the glory, you know? But sure, every band has that. Like, you're, if you're... If you're... Do they, though? <laughs> like, Jason Orange and Mark Owen. 
you know? Who are they? They're take that. You know? Oh, like, Jason Orange. I think with boy bands, yeah, though, boy bands in particular, looking at all of them, you need to have your, your muscle and your looks sometimes. Yeah, it's true. It's nothing, true. Like on this show. <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing against Gary Barlow, but, you know, when you've got Robbie Williams beside you and, and the others, he was definitely there for his voice and, you know, signed up as the front man. Um and, and, and yeah, I think every band has to have its boy bands in particular. But bands, I think there's a, there's a real element. If a band can manage to have the front man that steals the show, that's their job. They should be the they're there for a reason. And I think that yeah. the, mm-hmm. the understanding is among Queen is whilst Brian May and Roger Taylor can sing in their own right, have brilliant voices. Um, you know, they are definitely aware that they were not the frontman. And yeah. The, the Kelly Rowland yeah and it's also, but it is yeah. interesting as well because I suppose if you go back and look at the look at the bands that you can name multiple members from like I mean I can only name Brian Wilson I have to admit from the Beach Boys you know but like if you look at if you look at uh, Rolling Stones Queen the Beatles the Who you know they're like yeah I don't know I don't know that I have many more than that so you have to yeah. be in that you have to be in that upper echelon of, of like you know um bands um, yeah, like I, I the think very, very top. It's hard with Coldplay because Chris Martin is the like is the band in a way, yeah. and, and I, I would say that Chris Martin's got you know the charisma that, that could that could rival any a frontman because he just gets the crowd going. He knows how to speak to the crowd. Um, I think with Rolling Stones, Beatles in particular, you know, you've got bands there who are so trend setting you kind of have to know them all and they've all got own, mm. their own elements in their own right because they've stood the test of time and lasted so long and they were the first bands that were that kind of band mm. you know the, the Beatles as songwriters they were all they were all that kind of songwriter and, and from the 60s just to be in nestled in that decade for their best stuff their only stuff if you like um, yeah I think it's it, it's interesting isn't it but th- then again you know the Beatles have obviously also suffered tragedy um, you know John Lennon dying, George Harrison as well. You're obviously going to think about it. It's it's the whole when they die they're more popular kind mm. of thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think um, yeah, it's interesting that John Deacon can literally take a step back from Queen and go, I don't want to do this anymore, and no one's in uproar. And, and Brian May and Roger Taylor respect that, and I think fans respect that as well. As if to go, oh, you've you've had your mm. fun, you can. Unlike when Brian McFadden left Westlife, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was only watching a video the other day. Did you see that on the news of all the people crying? Hey, Real to me is a great song. Mm. I'm sorry, oh. <laughs> I love it. Now, can you give me some cons of Queen? Why would they not be a legitimate life? Can't you think of any? People said they're overrated, which I I disagree with on any band. No band is overrated. It's 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 honestly it's so true. No band is overrated because why are they rated in the first place? That's because people like them. No one is forcing them into your psyche. People like bands because the music connects with them. Do not come for people's likes. Legitimate ones as well. Thank you. Oh. Goodbye. No. <laughs> <laughs> Emil has left the pod. I just got, someone said that Queen were overrated, and I was like, well, who do you like? And I'll be like, well, I'll say they are, just to spite you. It's honestly, yeah. it's the most ridiculous thing to say about a band. Bands, That's so true. bands are popular. Just end of. Coming back to say that the Beatles are overrated is just nonsense. They were big, and that's it. Oh, fuck. That was my main, that was my main criticism in the Beatles episode. I think they're <laughs> underrated, but anyway. <laughs> Before we move to Final Judgments, maybe we could just talk about, I suppose, maybe the set piece. The Jewel and the Crown of Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. Uh, good or bad? Wacky, weird. Any thoughts? In 2016, I was in America 
for um, the election uh, of Donald Trump. His first, Why were you first there? time he was elected to the presidency. They got you in to consult them. Uh, <laughs> I was deputy campaign manager, didn't you know? Um, <laughs> but I, we, I was at an election party that night, which we had anticipated would go a little differently. And I do remember at um, about 10 o'clock uh, Eastern time, um, it kind of became clear that, that, that it was going the wrong way. And someone did just say, is this even real life? And we then all sang very mournfully Bohemian Rhapsody start to finish. And again, it's tough to be too mournful in the middle of But we, we, we were as mournful as we could be. So that's always it always has a special place in my heart on that terrible night. I, I just want to ask, how can someone say, is this real life? Because in a musical sense, if, if that was just a musical, the music would have to start shortly after someone started speaking and is this real life? Is this just fan? Like, it seems like a really weird thing for one person to do or a group yeah, yeah, to do. Yeah. And like, like, did some was someone in the background timing perfectly when the music would kick in? I just, I love that idea. It's like, <laughs> We're just now all incredibly musical, right, musically yeah. talented. It was, a, it was a male yeah. voice choir. That was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was an election party of of just a cappella singers. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember the first time hearing it, just not like just. Not even being blown away, just not having never, just I'd never heard anything like it before. Yeah, mm. it's it's yeah. an unbelievable song. I think it's. I'm really glad that it it was the one that I didn't like at first because it allowed mm. me to come back to it and say, "Wow." I also I think it's really funny where, that it's a song that people will sing every line to, and it's yeah. a real hard song to sing. <laughs> yeah. The words are complicated. The range is amazing. You're, you're trying to make eye contact with each other to be like, "Who's doing? Who's doing? Who's high, Miller, Who's doing? Who's going?" <laughs> or am I going to try to do them all? But it's funny as well because sometimes, like, if you're having a bit of a sing song or someone, and and you're playing the piano or someone's on guitar or whatever, and then someone will be like, "Oh, do Bohemian Rhapsody," and you're like. Like, no, we, we just can't. You know, like it's like we can play that. We can play like the mama just killed a man, and then we're we're all just going to end up singing guitar solos. You know, that's what's going to happen here. That's an interesting thing, though. By the way, just when you're saying about singing guitar solos, that's what Brian May is good at. And I, I know we glossed over it briefly, and I said about different instruments, but yeah, Brian May has guitar melodies and riffs that you literally can sing along with that that is what mm. he does with that guitar he makes it into another vocal thing and and what i'll say about bohemian rhapsody is that innovative is why i say it is because the music video itself was a promotional tool as the first proper music video that 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 came came about you know the the the, the whole like you know the the formation of the the singers that is probably the the most famous shot of of music history i would i would think and that has gone on to become its own thing in its own right and and using that i mean it's incredible and then for the song to go to number one twice and then have another resurgence during like wayne's world has a lot to answer for for bohemian rhapsody's prolonged success and it's true it's like you know the popularity mike myers being a fan of queen and then using that it's like it's it never goes away it never goes away mm. Uh, so on that note, it's probably it's time to move to final judgments. Uh, so this is when we decide whether or not Queen are legitimate-like and deserving of the hype. I'll go first. I think they're absolutely amazing. I think I I really love them. I haven't. I don't actively listen to them that often, but this has re-sparked my excitement to go back and listen to them. And I think even their songs that aren't great are innovative and fascinating and weird. And uh, I think they're 
Oh, I think they're unbelievable. I think they're iconic. It's a legitimate like from Will. Maybe maybe we'll let Emil go second to sandwich some expertise in between our nonsense. So, Emil, do you think they're a legitimate like? Well, I'll shock you, actually. No. Um, <laughs> what, what a turnaround. By the way, Will, if, if you do need to go back and listen to some weird stuff, Queen 2 is like a, a full fantasy land of what Freddie Mercury dreamt up. It's incredibly weird and prog rock, psychedelic-y weird stuff. And equally, I know I never mentioned it before, but my favourite Queen album is actually the, the final release after Freddie Mercury died. That was the Made in Heaven such mm. a good album and when you listen to it you realise that Freddie is actually recording that when he was literally on his last legs and his voice wow. is still mm. incredible song on there called Mother Love where he does the whole song until the final verse where Brian May takes over and that's because Freddie died before he finished recording it so there you go um, oh wow I got actual goosebumps oh yeah. no seriously it's it's a scary song as well because it's basically like Freddie going I'm I'm dying I want my mum uh, oh yeah sorry oh. it's horrible horrible and ugh, yeah anyway the um, yeah as a whole I, obviously I think they are I think I've, I've made my case pretty well on that one um, mm-hmm. I just love them their music has has meant a lot throughout and I think it's the same for a lot of people given the stuff that we've talked about the significance of Freddie Mercury's death um, and the fact that they are still going strong today in another incarnation Okay. So that's two well, legitimate likes. Hugh, so, do you want to? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to disagree. They're, they're not one of my favorite bands. I mean, they're, they're, but they're, you know, when you listen to them, they're undeniably like just so. Again, that word magnetic that you used earlier on, yeah, I think it's just they're amazing, and they have some incredible songs, and even songs we haven't talked about. Somebody to love is one of mine. Radio Gaga is another great song we haven't talked about. So yeah, they've got amazing songs. They've got bad songs, but you don't have to listen to those. And Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I mean, he will always be one of the greatest stage presences of all time. So, yeah, they're a legitimate like from me. Great. Great points, Hugh. Emil, well, that, that's, it's official. It's a legitimate like. I'm Queen so are happy. a legitimate like. Good. They can stay. What would you have done if we'd brought you on and we'd hated Queen, Emil? I think you heard what I would have done when I went on about uh, overrated bands. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have got his stick and gone into the shower. <laughs> Wow, what a throwback from the start of this. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, mate. It's really nice to see you. Uh, I've really enjoyed it, and uh, I look forward to our Gordon Ramsay uh, masterclass. Yeah, you've got to come back, Will. I, I imagine this will be a firm fan favourite immediately, because it's always nice when we have guests on who actually know and care about the subject uh, we, and, and are informed. It's a, it's a new thing for us. I recommend that the Queen, the Queen podcast, whilst their episodes are mammoth, up to like two hours for one side of an album, if you're, if you're mm. wanting to go and listen to more, I would highly recommend it because um, I think that Queen fans as a whole can sometimes feel a bit isolated. And that's that's not mm. a bad thing, but I think it's often very hard to find fellow Queen fans. Everyone likes them, but it's very hard to find others who are perhaps diehard. So when you hear other diehards talking about it, yes, it might make you feel like you know absolutely nothing, but you do become part of a, a closer-knit community. And there's a bigger one out there, I would say, much Aww. like the Beatles. So um, join us. And where if people like what you're selling where can they find you emil and obviously please do not follow emil because then that will weigh against me in the follower battle (laughs) oh no please please everybody all twenty thousand of your followers are already listening to this that's pretty good um so few of them Uh, i post i post a dumb joke about easyjet and everyone's like ha 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 and i'm like listen to my genuine creative endeavors and they're like absolutely not yeah dermot o'leary might be listening you never know um i hey dermo i I I call him dermo find me uh yeah well i'll tell that in deck uh 
find me on <laughs> on Twitter Wang. at Emil underscore Franchi. My name is spelled E M I L underscore F R A N C H I. We've never had somebody give such specific instructions. Literally, it's well, just, well, I mean, really... you can find me on Twitter. I mean, I can find anything on Twitter, but if you're going to find me, look for the man with the name that that is is nowhere else. Great name. That, uh, thanks, thanks. I mean, Freddie Mercury's pretty good, but you know. No, but that's if you do decide to become a frontman, that's a pretty good frontman name. I mean, his real name was Farouk Busara, so you know. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce it, so I didn't want to try it. Neither can <laughs> I. I just went for it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> um, thanks so much for joining us, Emil. Thanks for producing, as always, Onya, Hugh. You're amazing. Emil, well. you put your hand in the air like you had something to ask. I just wanted to quickly do something, just, just you know, for, for old time's sake. Hey ho hey Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely paused there and I was like, what am I... What am I supposed to do? And that's what, the cr- that's what the crowd thought at Live Aid. They didn't know, but they did that anyway, and they made history. Thanks so much for listening to Legitimate Likes. If you liked it, follow us, share it with your friends, tell everybody about it. We're at Legitimate Likes on Twitter and Instagram. And um, that would be lovely. We'd love to hear from you. Go follow Emil in person or online. And uh, I think it's time for everyone to say goodbye. 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 I climb out of bed. And check, did I sweat? I head to the shower where I turn on the power and don't wash my legs. And what do I see? Can that be a meal? Yes, he's leaned down to pick up the stick that he uses to clean off his head. And meanwhile, there's Will who never, ever, ever showers. So we are the unclean podcasters. Hugh hopes it won't all end in disaster. Cause Will and me. That's the deal. And all of this time, Anya's waiting in line. She's got tickets for Queen, and she's feeling so fine. But she's got the wrong queen She'd be mad but she's seen That it's David Beckham who's standing there Just a few people behind She runs up to him calling David, 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 David Please introduce me to nasty TV chefs like Paul Hollywood Gordon Ramsay Old men like these I want to please Let's take a hotel break With coke on our cornflakes Like Freddie Mercury He's the guy from
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.